This segment of my story, Living with Lupus, is brought to you by Lupa Vita. Lupa Vita has changed their vision from just being a multivitamin company to becoming a lupus activist movement. Lupa Vita has partnered with a number of lupus nonprofits to unify the goal of educating the community about lupus. They have built a support community through social media platforms and will continue to be a place for anyone to learn about lupus. Their vitamins are formulated with the help of rheumatologists, nutritionists, and functional medicine practitioners. Lupathita is made in an FDA-registered facility. You can purchase Lupathita directly from their website at lupavita.com. That's L-U-P-A-V-I-T-A dot com or on Amazon. As always, before taking any medication or supplement, consult with your rheumatologist. Premio Handmade Gemstone Bracelets. You can follow Premio Handmade Gemstone Bracelets on Facebook, Etsy.com, or contact the owner directly, Ziggy, at PremioBracelets.com. That's Z-I-G-G-Y at P-R-E-M-I-O Bracelets.com. Welcome back to episode 7 on this September 14th, 2018. My story, Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks. How are you doing this Friday? Are you glad it's the weekend? It's TGIF Day. Yes. On this episode, I want to talk to you about what you need to know and what you need to do to become more proactive in your health care. So you know, as I usually say, grab that cup of coffee, grab that cup of tea, or your favorite wine, and come on and join me. You know, as with any health issue, you have to be informed. And most importantly, you have to be your own advocate and become proactive in your health. Just don't sit there and not say anything. Do not be intimidated by the physician, just like he or she may ask you questions, it's important that you ask questions also. And never be ashamed to say, I don't understand. If you don't understand, speak up and tell the physician, I don't understand what you're talking about and make them explain it to you in a way that you understand. 
Now, we all know that when you're diagnosed with lupus, you're always getting medications to take. But it's important to ask when they hand you that prescription, what are the adverse side effects that this medication can cause? Too many of us sit back and won't say anything. We'll just take the prescription, go get it filled, and start taking it. You have to know the side effects of the medication. Because lupus is so complicated and it affects everyone differently, it is not a one-size-fits-all illness. It is important to see a doctor who specializes in the treatment of lupus, such as a rheumatologist. Now, if you have seen your PCP and your blood test results came back and states that you had a positive ANA test, he's going to refer you to a rheumatologist. And upon that first visit with the rheumatologist, I'm going to give you some tips so that you can be prepared when you walk into that doctor's office. So write it down. Okay, you want to write down a complete list of your symptoms. You have to be accurate as possible. Write down any significant life changes or sources of stress. Write a list of medications you are taking and have taken in the past. List any diseases or conditions you are suffering from or have suffered from in the past. Now, there exist 11 SLE criteria This information is provided from the Lupus Research Institute. The first one is Malar Rash. That's a butterfly-shaped rash across the cheeks and the nose. Discoid, which is skin, rash as a result of unusual reaction to sunlight. Photosensitivity, skin rash as a result of unusual reaction to sunlight, mouth or nose ulcers, which are usually painless, arthritis, non-erosive, in two or more joints along with tenderness, swelling, or effusion.
with non-erosive arthritis. The bones around the joints don't get destroyed. And some of us may be diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, um, polyarthritis. It's different kinds of arthritis, more than one arthritis that we will be diagnosed with. Also, cardiopulmonary involvement. If you remember in episode 6, I was talking a little bit about that. And that's inflammation of the lining around the heart, which is pericarditis. And you can get inflammation around the lining of the lungs, which is pleuritis. Now, neurologic disorders, which are seizures and or psychosis. Renal kidney disorders which is excessive protein in the urine. Now, I've spoken to um, quite a few loopies who worry about the excessive protein in the urine. And I have excessive protein in the urine. And they have informed me that I am in mild renal failure. So, and it's normal that you spill a little protein in the urine, but an excessive amount, it's not normal. And then we have hematologic, which is blood disorder. Hematologic anemia, you remember, I've mentioned that also in previous episodes, which is low white blood cell count or low platelet count. I'll tell you a little more after this brief message. Abundant Harvest Aquaponics, planting seeds to grow food and creating opportunities for people and families. You can contact them at www.abundantharvestaquaponics.org. Sheila Smith, the creator of the Right Side of 50. The Right Side of 50 is having a sister-to-sister -sister women's brunch. November 17th, 2018, I am my sister's keeper. 
Tickets for this event are on sale now at Eventbrite. You can follow The Right Side of 50 on Instagram. That's all one word, The Right Side of 50. Teas that rule, their primary objective is to provoke thought and bring change via their products. You can visit Teas that rule at www.teasthatrule.com and follow them on Instagram at Tease That Rule. That's all one word. T-E-E-S-T-H-A-T-R-U-L-E. All right, and we're back. We left on hematologic, which was the blood disorder that I, I explained, the hemolytic anemia, which is low white blood cell count or low platelet count. Now, the next disorder is immunologic disorder. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-L-O-G-I-C. And this is antibodies to double-stranded DNA antibodies to SM antibodies. And I'll go into that further. I'm trying not to give you too much all at once, but I'll go into exactly what the double-stranded DNA antibodies consist of. Now, you heard me mention ANA, and ANA stands for anti-nuclear antibodies, a positive test in the absence of drugs known to induce it. However, a positive ANA test does not necessarily mean you have lupus. You can get a false positive test. That's why it's important that you go see a rheumatologist whenever you, um, whenever the doctor runs tests, especially blood work. It is important that you see the rheumatologist because you're going to go through a slew of doctors until you get that right one that will help you. Now, just to recap, the 11SLE, now you remember what I told you, SLE, stood for systemic lupus erythematosus. Criteria is based on the Lupus Research Institute. We went over number one was the malar rash and that is the butterfly-shaped rash. Discoid, we're talking about the skin, skin rash. Then photosensitivity, 
talked about mouth or nose ulcers. And we talked about arthritis. We talked about the cardiopulmonary involvement. We talked about the neurologic disorder. We talked about the renal, which is the kidney disorder. Hematologic, which is the blood disorder. Immunologic disorder. And that's the antibodies to double-stranded DNA antibodies to SM antibodies. Antinuclear which is the ANA, which was mentioned on previous episodes, which is a positive test in the absence of drugs known to induce it. And remember, just because you have a positive ANA test doesn't necessarily mean that you have lupus. You can have false positive tests. But we'll gradually go back through this in the next episode, episode 8. We'll do a refresher and go back through it for you so you'll know what to look for when you hear the doctor's saying these words to you. Now, we have a special guest coming up, so stay with me. Thank you, everybody, for joining me back on My Story Living with Lupus. Today, we have an inspirational guest, a lupus warrior. Her name is Delibra Hudson. Thank you for joining us, Delibra. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Glad that you're excited. Now, before we get started into the details about lupus, tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself. I was I'm a mom. I have four daughters. I was actually lupus in my forties. I mean, excuse me, not my forties, just twenty. So I've been living virtually twelve years since the doctor. Okay, now prior to being diagnosed with lupus, what were your symptoms? Um, I think typical symptoms, as, as bad as that sounds, you know that lupus is one of those diseases that mimics so many other diseases. I started out with my hands, like I had a lot of skeleton and it was difficult to use them. And after that, it escalates other parts of the body, like my joints and my knees and my ankles, it was difficult to walk. Okay, how many doctors did you see before being clinically diagnosed with lupus? At least four to five. Um, because, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What really happens is you think you're, you're, you don't, you never connect it. All the things are connected. So you go, like I said, the first thing was my wrist. And they said it was carpal tunnel syndrome. So I was thinking, okay, we'll fix the problem. And then I just started thinking other things that happened. Like I was really tired, really exhausted. And I started having like issues with fall-like symptoms. And like I could never feel normal. Like I was really sluggish, like flu-like symptoms. And of course, the joints were 
issues with my knees and my ankles and those things sort of happen as well. But they all sort of happen like right on the same time. But I never connected that they were actually relevant. I thought I call. Okay. Um, well, what medications have you been on and what medications are you currently taking now? Uh, when I first was diagnosed with lupus, I had so many medicines. I can't remember everything that I had, but actually diagnosed. I went home with approximately 30 to 40 pills that I just had. And that included everything from methotrexate, plyponil, um, and I'm still on self-test and platform Um, I had a ton of other antibiotics, I mean not antibiotics, steroid creams for the skin port because um, I would get the molar rash, the butterfly rash, as it's known in the lupus community, on my face and like my arms and legs. So I had like creams for that. And I had also had issues with my blood, so I had to have an injection heparin. A blood banner. So there was that as well. And a ton of different like blood pressure medicine because during all of that, my blood pressure state escalated and I had a lot of um, issues with my lungs. So there's medicine for that. And of course, they give us vitamin D because we are always low in, because we can't have the sun. We can't be exposed to sun for long periods of time, so we always have to wear sunscreen. So I had a iron, I mean, vitamin D deficiency. So basically, I had pretty much every, I guess, the regular medicine that they give to most local patients. How did you um, inform your family of your diagnosis? To be honest, I really tried to hide it as much as possible. I really didn't really want to talk about it. But I'm, I spent a lot of time around my, my aunt and my uncle the most, and my daughter, of course. And so one day I was in college, and my aunt picked me up from uh, college because I was having car problems. And she saw me walking across the parking lot. And she asked me, why was I walking like that? Because I was only in my early 20s. And she was trying to figure out why I was walking like that. And I had no reasonable answer for except for I was in a lot of pain. And my ankles were swollen at the time. And so she started asking some additional questions, which I had no answers for as well, because I didn't, I mean, I couldn't really explain to her what was going on with me, because I still hadn't, still didn't have an actual diagnosis. I just knew that I was starting to have more joint pain. And actually, she was there when I actually received the actual diagnosis. And that wasn't until I was actually admitted into the hospital. And when I was admitted in the hospital, they started doing a ton of tests. And then they finally got the diagnosis that I actually had. But that wasn't actually until, like, my fourth hospital visit that they actually gave the diagnosis. But, the, but me battling the disease and not knowing, I say that that probably has been going on longer than 12 years. My actual diagnosis was 2006. But in actuality, I really think I've been battling probably at least the last 15 years. Well, once you were once you were diagnosed with the lupus, how did your family deal with the information of your illness? To be honest, I really don't. I think it was a lot for all of us to deal with, especially my immediate my immediate circle. 
because my life drastically changed overnight. Um, I was hospitalized so much the first three years. Like, I basically lived in and out of the hospital. There were points where I had to um, basically relearn how to use my body. Like, I was had no strength in my upper body or my lower body. There was a point where I was hospitalized that the doctor, I mean, not the doctor, the physical therapist came and helped me, like, walk down the hall. So I had to really learn how to um, use my body again because when you're hospitalized and stuck in the bed, that you do lose muscle tone and you get weak. And so I had gotten really weak. So I think it was uh, it was hard for them. I, I really feel like it was really hard for them because they weren't used to seeing me like that. And so we kind of we kind of made the adjustment together. It was new for me, but I think even in that, I had people like my aunt who was super supportive and she was very encouraging and she always said that it's going to get better. And that kind of helped me a lot. That really helped me a lot because you're in a new situation you've never experienced this. You're total life, your life has totally changed basically overnight. Because I had never, like, spent any time in the hospital. I mean, the only time, like, when I was born that I had my daughter, that was it. So you go from that experience to being in the hospital every three weeks or, like, every month when you get out, you're coming back. Right. So that was a new experience for and a new adjustment for my family. And I thank God for them because without them... I wouldn't have got through it because those that's who not who took care of my baby made sure she was good. Did you reach so, out to any lupus organizations for help or support or any trying to get any information on what was lupus and what you could expect having this illness? You know what I absolutely did, but when at the time when I was diagnosed there was absolutely nothing in my community. That was one of the things that really bothered me the most. Because when I talked to my doctor, they referred me to something for, um, I forgot what it's called, for fibromyalgia. And at the time, I wasn't diagnosed with fibromyalgia, so I didn't really see a need for me to go to a support group for fibromyalgia. I'm like, no, I want to know about lupus. And they were like, there's nothing really here in Louisiana. There's nothing here in Shreveport, but I later found out that there have been some organizations in other parts of Louisiana, but there was nothing really close to me that was really relevant. But I did find out about the Lucas Foundation of America, and so I did start doing my own research, so I was able to find information through that because Lucas was totally new to me. I really didn't even, I mean, I had heard the name, and that's about it. That's the only thing I knew. But I found that I needed to know as much as possible because the disease, when it attacked my body, it was vicious. Yeah. yeah. It really was. Besides your family being your support system, do you have that one girlfriend that you go to to tell secrets about your health to, you know, you share it with her and no one else that understands what you're going through? When you can't go to your family, who do you turn to? Absolutely. I do have a, a best friend that I'm really close to. Her name is Chanel, and we definitely have talked a lot about lupus and what it is. And she's actually, she's been at the hospital during some of the more difficult, more trying times. So 
I think it was new for everyone, but yes, yeah, so definitely. That's definitely one of the people that I definitely talked to. And we definitely, she definitely listens and just offers encouragement and support. And we can just pray together and just talk about whatever's going on. Okay, and please inform the listening audience on how you stay motivated when you're dealing with this chronic illness. For me personally, it's going to have to be my relationship with God. I could not do anything without God because, to be honest, when, when I was diagnosed, I heard all of the most shocking news that you could hear. I mean, you barely got here in just enough time. You you almost didn't make it. You We don't expect you to live. I mean, those, those were the words that were, were thrown at me so often. I mean, I can't even begin to count all the times that I heard those words. So I pull my one scripture from the word of God, is, is, and that is, I shall live and I shall not die. And so I just clung to that. I'm like, I am not going to die. I have to be here to see my baby grow up. And at the time, she was three. And so now she's 16. So it's been almost 13 years now. So we're we're in my 13 years with this. But, I mean, so... That's what I that's what I do and and I reflect on just how far I've come. When you go from not being able to walk down the hall by yourself to going back to college and getting another degree, then you think about everything. It's like there is no limits. You you are not this disease does not have to define us. Yes, we may have to be do it at a slower pace, but that does not mean that we have to give up on our life. That's true, cause let me tell you a story, Delibra. Um, when I was taking my graduate courses, I was writing out, um, my thesis. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I went through a flare. So I had the computer on the table and when the pains started coming, I would lay on the floor and holler out to God, please help me. The pain was so intense and it looked like the pain would ease up and I would go back to typing my paper. Now I was supposed to have my paper in before midnight, but I got in contact with the um, professor and Uh told him what was going on. And he said, okay, I didn't know you were going through this. I didn't know you didn't have this disease. So I will extend your time, but please get it in um, before 6 o'clock in the morning. And the the Libra, it took me all day up until 5 o'clock that morning to get that paper in. And after Mm -hmm. I got it in, I went directly to the hospital and got admitted. I wasn't going to let lupus defeat me like that. No. Absolutely. And you know what? That's that's pretty much, well, I wasn't admitted, but that's what happened my last semester. I earned um, my third degree in 2017. And that last semester, I had... I probably took too many hours, but I'm wanting to push the envelope sometimes. And so I was flaring so much. It was, it was crazy. And I contacted quite a few professors, and it was at a point where I wasn't able to stand on my feet. I was literally mm-hmm. dizzy. 
And so they were they they really worked with me, and I just know that that was God's favor because I was able to still graduate on time, and I was able to complete all the assignments. And I just thank God that when we do put in the effort, even when it's difficult, even when it's challenging, we make the decision, Lucas is not going to stop me. I am still going to go after my dreams. I'm still going to have my goals. I may have to do it a little slower pace, but I will not stop. I will not quit. I will not give up. I believe that God honors that. He opens doors for us and just allows us to do what he already called us to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Lastly, please tell the listeners what you would like them to know about living your life with lupus. Pretty much, pretty much what I just said. Sometimes, yeah, I do. I definitely go through things that are challenging, but I will not allow lupus to stop me or defeat me. I am going to get up the next day. If I had a bad week, I'm still going to get up the next week or the next day, and I'm going to push, and I'm going to try a little harder. I'm going to do what I can do in moderation. I'm going to take my medication. I'm going to communicate with my doctors, and I think that's important for people to that have lupus to know that you need to have a good relationship with your doctor. You need to be able to speak to your doctor honestly and be able to feel like that doctor has your best interest at heart. Because if you do not have a good relationship with your doctor, your treatment is not going to be what it should be. That's it. You know what? I told you when I spoke to you yesterday, and I have to say this. I have to Mm -hmm. get it off of my heart. I said I watched you, and now I know why I connected with you. It's because of your determination and your love for God. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, Delibra Hudson, for doing this, for being on my podcast to bring further awareness to lupus. Oh, that that is so sweet. I appreciate that, and that's that's pretty much when I what I thought about. Well, I had well I had seen some of your your posts, and I listened to your videos, and I just loved your energy. And after I talked to you yesterday, I felt like a connection. I I felt that was genuine. I was like, okay, God, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. She, I can feel her heart. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I totally respect that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Delibra Hudson, for being on the show. Um, You have a great, peaceful, and pain-free weekend. Thank you. And so I want you to have the exact same blessing over your weekend, too. Yes. All right. Pain-free and wonderful. All right. Thank you so much, and you have a good one. You, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you to our special guest today, Delibra Hudson. Also, thank you to our sponsors, Lupa Vita. You can purchase Lupa Vita at their website at lupavita.com or on Amazon. Thank you also to Abundant Harvest Aquaponics, planting seeds to grow food and creating opportunities for people and families. You can contact them at www.abundantharvest.com.
HarvestAquaponics.org. Premio Handmade Gemstone Bracelets. You can follow them on Facebook. And they also have an Etsy store. And you can go and purchase from them on Etsy.com. And also, thank you to Sheila Smith, the creator of The Right Side of 50. You can follow The Right Side of 50 on Instagram. That's The Right Side of 50. All one word. Thank you to Tease That Rule. Their primary objective is to provoke thought and bring change via their products. If you would like to appear on my story, you can email me at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me for Episode 7, and I'll see you next time on My Story, Living with Lupus. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and have a great weekend.